First Chronicles 29, 9-13. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly, because with perfect art they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Verse 10. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Verse 12, both riches and honor Come of thee, and thou reignest over, over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great, and to give strength unto all. Verse 13, now therefore our God, we thank thee, and praise thy precious name. Turn with me again to... Matthew chapter 19, verse 12. Let's see what it says. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Final scripture which we won't read, we just open and put our hands there, is Psalms chapter 89. We will come to it shortly as we progress. The title of this message, I will title it, The Making of the Lord. The Making of the Lord. I love it when a warrior and a very anointed and skilled man reaches a point of saying, thine, thine, thine. I like it when a man who was not born stupid, a man who was not born average, a man who was not born a coward, reaches a point and he said, thine, thine, thine. I like it when a man who has grown all his days winning battle after battle after battle, making history after history after history, reaches old age. And all he can say is, thine, thine, thine. Why? Because this man has proved something. If we will open our hearts and listen to this evening, our lives will never be the same. This man has proved that Unless the Lord makes, unless the Lord establishes, unless the Lord strengthens, no warrior can have a legacy. No great man can have a future. David is old. David has seen gold. He has seen silver. He has seen women. He has seen praises. He has seen enemies lose. He has also seen enemies flee before him. David is now old. And is giving a summary of what he has seen, what he has learned. Because this was the last public speech David made before his people. And this is his speech. Thine, O Lord, thine, O Lord, thine, O Lord. 
I had strength to fight Goliath, but it was your strength. I had the capacity to amass so much gold and silver, but it was your wealth. I had the grace to live for long, over 70 years, as a warrior full time, but it was you who preserved my soul and my body. <laughs> Why are people still fighting with this thing we call humility? Why are people fighting with this thing called trusting in God? Why are people still fighting with this thing called surrendering to God? Because they are yet to learn what David learned. That there is a power, but it belongs to the Lord. There is wealth, but it belongs to the Lord. There is strength, but it belongs to the Lord. There is honor, but it belongs to the Lord. David has been crowned king of over Israel. Songs have been sung to him. Women one time say, David has killed his ten thousands. Saul has only killed a thousand. So David has seen honor, but he is careful to remember this honor came from somewhere. I was not born with it. I got it along the way, but I got it from heaven. So let us read this scripture again, because it will change your life. Are we ready now? Let us read it again. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect art they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Verse 10, wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, blessed be thou Lord God of Israel our father forever and ever. 11, thine O Lord is the greatness. If the Bible is yours, underline the word greatness. Thine O Lord is the greatness. And the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty, for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. And thine is the kingdom, O Lord. Thou and thou art exalted as head above all. Everything there is so deep. I wish you had time. Both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest over all. In thy hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. What can I do, Lord? Now David says, now therefore our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Thank God for what pastor was doing. Telling us to give thanks. And we didn't agree I'm going to read this. And we usually say, Kampuni Nemoja, one company, same director. <laughs> Let's speak a few things there. A man is saying, Thy no Lord is the greatness. Do you know how many people are selling their souls to the devil to be great? Do you know how many people are abandoning their children and their wives just to go and pay the price to be great? Because they have not realized that if the Lord does not make you great, you cannot be great. Then, O Lord, is the greatness. So you want to be great, then let the Lord decide. You continue to relate with him. He will, he will see to it whether he decides to make you great or not. 
David later on says in the Psalms, I don't have time. The Lord is my portion. He has apportioned my inheritance. He has decided my lot. Meaning, whatever I hold, it is because the Lord decided this one will hold this. And this is an encouragement to us because many times we are scared by what people tell us. We are scared by how many people threaten us. We are scared by how many people continue to intimidate us. We forget. If the Lord has decided this one will be great, you will be great. How many of you remember this woman called Allen Johnson Shalif, the, the female president of Liberia? So one time I'm walking in town and it's like my, my, my habit. I entered in one of the bookshops. I usually go to just run through the books. It is something that gives me so much joy. So I ran through one of the books. And this book was called, This Child Shall Be Great. And Alan Johnson says, though I didn't buy the book, I just picked it. I just read through a few pages. Alan Johnson says, when I was born, a story is told that an old man came from nowhere. And he walked into our village, straight to the heart where I was born. He picked me, looked at me, and smiled. And then he said two words, then he left. This child shall be great. Then he put me down. So why was the lady great? Despite of having been divorced. Despite of having been raped when she was a teenager. Despite being left with her husband to take care of her four children. Why did she become great? One guy decided... By the spirit in which he spoke, I don't know whether he was a witch or whether he was a prophet. Me, I know what he spoke was true. He said, this child shall be great. There is a greatness that was ordained. You don't need to search for it. There is a greatness that was ordained. You don't need to worry about it. There is a lifting that was ordained. You don't need to bribe it your way. Why are people giving bribes and stealing votes? And selling their souls to the devil. Because they are yet to discover. When it is written, it is written. And when it is not written, it is not written. I wish I was pilot. What I have written, I have written. <laughs> Another baby was held in the book of Matthew. All of us know him. We worship him. And Zechariah says, this child has been ordained for the lifting of many and the falling of many in Israel. Who are these big, being lifted? The apostles and the church. Who are being cast down? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. By the way, those of you who have gone to Israel, have you ever seen a Pharisee with your eyes? Have you seen a Sadducee with your eyes? No. Those ones, the ones, because of Jesus being lifted, they were to go down. But we have the church. We have apostles. We have disciples of Jesus. Why are we functioning as we function? It was written and it was spoken. There is a time you reach a place in destiny and you function in the spirit of it is written. You function in the spirit of it was decided. You, you function and you ride in the spirit of it was ordained. So David says, in thine hand, is greatness. Later on down there he says, in thy hand also is the power to make great. Some of our children will achieve some things they will achieve not because we will have made petitions or because we will have seen the right people, made the right contacts. No. They will achieve the things they will achieve because before they were born, it was written. And before they were born, it was ordained. 
and before they were born, there was a God who had already decided, this one, I will lift to this level. Fear sometimes is a sign of ignorance. Fear sometimes is a sign of lack of knowledge. Fear sometimes is a sign that you do not know what you should know. Fear sometimes, you know, one time I was doing deliverance on a lady and the lady looked at me with so much anger. She had tried to kick me with her timberland boots and I had missed. And this lady was so angry and she said, I'm coming to kill you. I will kill you. And I could feel the anger in her by the demonic oppression. And I remembered the scripture I quoted in the morning, Luke 10, 19. I have been given power to tread on all serpents and scorpions and nothing by any means will hurt me, including this threat. Now, suppose I did not know the promises of God. Do you know what happens? I will begin to be on the look for the day I will be killed. And if I miss that, I will say, eh, maybe that spirit which prophesied that I will be dead is now at the door coming for me. As you are sitting there, before even we pray for you, you need to determine whether you are going to believe in the scriptures and you are going to believe in the Holy Spirit when he says, the greatness ordained for you has been ordained. The wealth ordained for you has been ordained. If we were to subject ourselves to the opinions of men, some of us will not even be born. Some of us will not even be born again. Some of us will not be sitting here in church if we are just to follow what men think is right for us. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power. Many are weak because they are yet to realize the Lord has the power. Not their emotions, not their minds, the Lord. I can say again, how much power you walk in depends on how much of what the Lord has reserved for you, you allow yourselves to tap. One man will know there is a promise that I can cast out devils and he will take the promise and run with it, knowing that the power to fulfill that scripture has already been guaranteed. Another will wait to be pushed and to be cajoled, and to be entertained, and to be begged, because the door to the highest places in God, through Christ Jesus, has already been opened. There is a power, but it is in the Lord. Go and get it. There is a greatness, it is in the Lord. Go and get it. There is an honor. David says here, oh, he calls it glory. They and the power and the glory. Now, when David is talking about power, I want you to listen to me. When David is talking about power, David is a politician. David is a politician. He is a public official. But the power he is walking in, it is not political power. It is a spiritual power. It is power that the other kings do not have. All of you here can be women, but there is a woman who will be among the women. All of you can be men, but there can be men among the men. Meaning, all leaders of his days were politicians, but one man had a power that was not political. 
All of them were chosen to sit on thrones. But one man sat, sat on a throne we call an eternal throne. Oh, shake All the kings of the earth had thrones, but David's throne was different. All the kings of the earth were political, but one of them was different. Why? Because one went and grabbed his portion from the Lord himself. Many are waiting to be affirmed by men. Many are waiting to be affirmed by their neighbors. Many are waiting to be affirmed by their parents. Yet, there is an access that you can have directly to the throne of God. If some of us waited for men to affirm us, we will have backslidden. Some of us will not be serving God. Some of us will not be married. Some of us will not be having children. If we had waited for men to come and say, now I support you, we will not have been moving forward. And I pray in the name of Jesus, may you be stubborn in your convictions. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May you be stubborn in where God has called you to go. May no one give an opinion that is contrary to you. May no one give an opinion that is contrary to the voice of God in your life. In the name of Jesus. All other kings can be political. Not David. God now says, you are throne I have established forever. The other thrones are just thrones made of gold, but yours is made of an eternal promise. I pray in the name of Jesus, may the Lord show you how permanent you are, your victory is, how permanent your destiny is, how permanent your future is, how stable it is. It doesn't depend on men. It depends on the Lord who gave it to you. Mm. Pastor, I've had so many opportunities to be ordained for your information. I've had so many opportunities to be given the collar and to wear the robe <laughs> and to look like the Pope. But I remembered one thing. When men give it to you, they can take it from you. When men hand it over to you, they can also re recover it from you. And I said I will walk to destiny without the hand of man pointing at me as their product. But that comes with its cost. Because once in a while you are asked, so where how affiliated are you to them? And you can only say, me, I belong to Jesus. <laughs> Saul owed it to the people. Listen to me. Saul, the king, owed it to the people. The Bible says, and the people wanted a king. Not the prophet, not God, the people. No wonder he was a slave to the people. He says to Samuel, I feared the people. Because remember, I owe it to them. Their votes made me. So even though I'm disobeying the Lord and his voice, at least maybe I have a plan B in my makers. And God says, this one I have rejected. I have now found a man whose heart and mind are running at the same pace. I keep telling my closest friends, one time a, a woman came from Canada and she had been in Wall Street, done it, seen it, and a group of elders decided to witness to her, then take her to Bible school. She became an evangelist. She began traveling around the world. And now she's in this conference where I was, and she's preaching, and these makers, you know, the makers, are there watching their product. 
And I remember her very well. Wonderful American, African-American lady. She took the microphone, lifted her voice like a warrior and said, Men have helped me, but only God has blessed me. Who? I, went, I almost went to give her a high five. I said, sister, now you are talking the language. Men have helped me. And she didn't even look at them. But God has blessed me. Stop sucking your thumb and licking your wounds about your auntie or your uncle. About your neighbor or your benefactor. About your guardian or your whatever. Stop doing that. Remember, he who is made by heaven will be preserved by heaven. He who is lifted by heaven will be kept by heaven. Thine is the power and the glory and the victory. When we talk about glory, we need to remember the opposite of glory is, is shame. The opposite of glory is abandonment. The opposite of glory is being distraught, being stranded. The opposite of glory is being is being, you know, devastated. You have nothing to show for the meaning to your life. David has meaning in his life, but it is a meaning only God gave him. Not his work as a king. Are you hearing me? David has a reason to wake up at, at, at six in the morning, but he is not waking up because he has something to go and do with his hands. He is waking up because God has given him glory. Do you know there are days David woke up and he was waking up as a refugee who has sought asylum in a foreign land. The days he had ran to the Philistines, yet he remained a man after God's own heart. Why? What kept him going, what kept him having meaning was not the happenings, was not the situation. It was the Lord who had given him glory. Remember, the man who anointed David, who was him? Samuel. Samuel is the one who said to Eli, God will depart from your house. And the moment the children, the grandchildren of Eli were born, there was something called Ichabod, meaning the glory has done what? Has departed. So this was a man who, was, who knew what happens when glory departs. Young man, you can be jobless even for five years, but please don't lose the glory. Young woman, you can, be, you can be single and not married even for two more years, but don't lose the glory. David, for 13 years, between the age of 17 to the age of 30, the man is still waiting on God, but waiting with glory, not with shame. Don't let circumstances begin to define your testimony. Ask the Lord as your glory. Don't let situations of money define your testimony. Have the Lord as your glory. The Bible says it's my glory and the lifter of my head. Meaning what lifts me, what makes me to bounce is not the happenings. It is the Lord. So David has seen glory. But it is not the glory because he's king. It is glory because God gave the glory. Allow me to deviate a bit. And I touch on this thing called honor. I even did a book on honor. I love honor. One time I met a man who was a drunkard. 
and he had a career and a wife who was born again and uh, two sons, wonderful, no, three sons, wonderful sons. And because of his drinking, these children and their mother began now to despise him. You know the way you deal with an alcoholic. They were not taking him seriously. He could talk and they don't respond. He could, he could, you know, he could shout sometimes and no one of them could shake. It was called Sam. So he came to me saying, young man, I see despite of my alcoholism, you still respect me. Why is it that my wife and my children don't respect me? This is what I told him by the Holy Spirit. I told him, my brother, if God does not put glory on you and honor on you, you may shout all you want to demand it. It will not come. You need God to invest his glory and his honor on you. Then it is that investment, despite of your weaknesses, your children and your wife will bow to. But if you are yet to connect to the Lord, you cannot expect just by virtue of your birthright now to carry glory. You can't just wake up and say, because I'm a man and I'm a husband and I'm a father, whether they like it or not, they will honor me. No, if God does not bring the honor on your head, no one will ever see it. No one will ever recognize it. Paul now tells Timothy, do not let anyone despise you because you are young. Why do you not let them despise you? Because despite your youth, God has put something on you. You have to accept something is on you. There is imputed honor. There is imputed glory. And I pray for you who has been walking in shame. May there be an imputation of honor. May there be an imputation of glory. A glory you did not deserve. Yet because of the grace of the Lord Jesus, it came upon you. David is human just like all of us. He has weaknesses. But by the grace of God, God decided, this young man called David, I will honor. I will make him glorious. I will make his name to be known for generations. God has fulfilled his promise. Oh, Shanda. I love it when I have a city named after me, not because I bribed the governor of the city. I love it when I have a road named after me, not because I displayed my righteousness to the whole world, but because God decided, this one I will honor. This one I will glorify. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May you trust more in what God will do, more than what you can do. May you trust more in where God is taking you, more than where you are. May you trust more in what God will make of your life, more than what you can make of your own life. The glory is in the Lord. The honor is in the Lord. The power is in the Lord. Now let me mention power a bit. The current generation is what we call the economic generation. There are days it is the military that rule the world. The days of Napoleon, the days of, uh, before that, there was Caesar. The days of military rulers. You are good in military, you become a ruler. Nowadays, it is not about military. Nowadays, it is not about the guns. Nowadays, it is about the money. Those with the money call the shots. Power has moved from military. Now, it is in the economic. And I want to tell you people something. It is so, so, so immature when a Christian thinks money or resources will come out of his career. Money or resources that is called powerful money does not come out of a career. It comes out, can I speak? Out of covenant. 
Those days, the warrior tribe was the tribe of Judah. It was theirs for the covenant. Are you hearing me? Judah was the, was the, they were the warriors, they were the KDFs. You are a Judah. Oh, you are from Judah. Ah, you go to the military and rule. Nowadays, there is a new tribe. God is raising. It is a tribe with economic power, but it is a power that has been given to them from God. That is why I pity people are waiting for the salary raise so that they can say, now I am powerful. It is not in the salary. It is in the covenant and how you understand it. How many have watched Zuka Bagawi dresses and Bill Gates? You see him in a suit? Now you know I am the way I am. Eh? <laughs> what is my message? When it is given, it is given. When it is released, it is released. When it is written, it is written. Wear t-shirt, wear jeans. When it is written, it is written. <laughs> I wish people had faith. I wish people had faith in this house. There is a power, even financial power, even economic power, but it is a covenantal power. When you begin to tap the covenant and to exercise the covenant and to walk in the covenant, the covenant will begin to produce for you. One time the Lord appeared to me. I was walking out of my gate and he appeared and I stopped. I was like, oh Jesus. And he told me, listen, the wealth of Solomon did not come by sweating, neither did it come by labor. But as he slept at night, I made a covenant with him. It was by covenant. Then the Lord went back. A man goes to sleep at night when he wakes up in the morning. Jesus, he has just nailed the biggest contract. Young people, go on and work. Go on and study. But do not put your hope in what you do. Put your hope in what he says. There are houses to live in, but it is by covenant. There are shots to call in the community, in the corporate sector, but it is by covenant. If you wait for those who are rich to dress the way you think rich people should dress, you'll keep waiting. If you wait for them to speak finer English like the people who should speak finer English, you will wait. Yet they have power, but they were given by covenant. And the victory. I said in the morning, and I thank God I have the chance to correct it now. I left it hanging. David says, thine is the power, the glory, the victory. There cannot be victory without battle. There are battles God has already seen me fighting. And it is my job to tell him, Lord, that battle, see, already you have reserved victory. Just give me the reserve. It's like I paid for food and I'm like, I paid for takeaway. Can you give me my takeaway? It doesn't matter that I'm angry. I just want my takeaway. Our victory is not earned, it is received. Our victory is already reserved. We only go to receive it. There are battles your mother fought with high blood pressure. On the side of that battle, there is a victory box reserved for you. This is the gospel, people. The gospel is about someone has taken care of the bills. You go take your goods. I repeat, the gospel is about someone has already footed the bill. You go take the goods. So David 
is fighting Goliath. After Goliath, even the brother, the cousins of Goliath. After that, the Philistines. After this, the Amorites. After this, the Amalekites. All through, he had victory, victory, victory. Not because of training, but because there was a covenant that this one, I have reserved victories for him. All he has to do is to honor me and walk with me. I say in the name of Jesus, you shall not succumb to the losses of your parents. You shall not succumb to their, to their defeats. You shall not succumb to their embarrassments. You shall not enter the ditches they entered into. You shall not cry the tears they cried. Because on the side called the side of Jesus, there is victory already reserved for you. In the name of Jesus. And every morning it is our day to scoop the victory. Every evening it is the day to scoop the victory. Every day when you go to sleep, it is our time to scoop the victory. In the name of Jesus. So David goes to battle and is like, Lord, uh, today, which side are we going from? Oh, I'm going to take it, right? Right, right, I'm going to take it. How am I going to take it? Oh, David, come through the mulberry trees and descend on them and you will have the victory. That is how David walked with his God. And we are called to walk even higher. Because the covenant of David was the old covenant. Now we have the new covenant. Now we have victory even before we ask for it. Paul says we are more than what? Let me repeat what pastor keeps telling you. Don't just be a hearer. Be a doer. You know, pastor, there are people who can run to you when they are in a crisis. And you can say, surely this one has been caught flat-footed. They don't know their rights. <laughs> they don't know the terms of their covenant. They are just flat-footed. But there are those who can come to you already halfway in their victory. They know the Lord is coming through. Their only issue is, how is he coming through? When is he coming through? Pastor, hold me in prayer so that we can reach the victory. From today, already you have half the victory. What is half the victory? You already have the assurance that no matter the battle, you cannot lose. You can only win. No matter the demotion, you can only ascend higher. The victories of David didn't just come by the sword. They came by covenant. Your victory is a covenant victory, not a sword victory, not a sweating victory. Mm -mm. You know, when I began staying with my younger brother, we made an agreement with him. I told him, my brother, we will eat in this house the best food. We will cook with the best oil. We'll do everything the best. Not because we have the money. But because we have made a deal with God that as to how we eat, it is on you. As to how we wear the clothes, it is on you. Our job is to tell you the standard we want and to put our faith on that standard. <laughs> you know, when you go to the supermarket, there is the mafutaya, you know, the one from Pwani and all these places, eh? And there is that higher grade of oil. So I told my brother, by faith, let us go to the higher grade of oil. Then we tie our faith there. And we watch if God will bring us lower. <laughs> there are things you begin to do in your house, you will always keep doing them. Whether they are cheaper things or they are expensive things. So I told my brother, let's make a deal with God. We will eat at this level of nutrition, but it is God who will keep us there. Our job is to initiate it. His job is to maintain it. When the Bible says, take the step of faith, it is your job. Take the step. As to how you will dangle up there in your step, leave it to the Lord. <laughs> I pray 
that the Lord will show you the way of covenant. But you don't live by trying. You live by believing in the covenant. That there is a victory, but it is a covenant victory. It is a written victory. And majesty. What is majesty? Majesty is the aura you carry. The opposite of majesty is commonness. Some people enter a place and they're told, talk up! Some people enter a place, they're told, hey, how can I help you? Oh, oh, oh. They make the place sweat. There is a, there, <laughs> there is a majesty to carry, but it is not about the size of your body. I'm almost tempted to give the example. Let me use a parable. One time I went somewhere and the man who was receiving me challenged me to go increase my tummy so that people can take me seriously. <laughs> he told me, you know, if you had just a slighter, bigger tummy, they will take you more seriously. Uh, nevertheless, what brings you here? Then I stood up. Then he said, now, Lord, I repent. People are trying to look for an aura. People are looking for an aura so that when they enter a place, the place can shake. They forget majesty is a given from God. How serious people take you is not about your body size. It is about your covenant size of majesty. And I pray today in the name of Jesus, may the Lord establish a covenant of majesty with you and your children. May you enter places with majesty. May you exit places with majesty. Even when you pray, may you pray with majesty. There is a majesty. But it is from the Lord. It is not from the name you have or the body size you have. It is from the Lord. So... <laughs> David goes to a city pastor, and we know the story, he went to Ziklag, and he pretended to be a madman, and they still spotted him. He's not this David, the one who killed Goliath. <laughs> he tried to pretend he's mad because he knows he carries something. Unless he pretends he's mad, they may capture him and kill him. I pray may you not be, may you not be unconspicuous. May you be noticeable even by your enemies. May no one not be able to recognize you in the name of Jesus. No matter the problems that try to surround you, may your presence remain. David is in debt, he's in trouble. He, he needs somewhere to sleep. His men need a city to dwell in. And he tries to pretend he's not David. So that they can be treated as poor, they still spotted and say, this is David. There is a majesty God can give. God can give it when you are young. God can give it when you are old. God can give it when you are a woman. God can give it when you are a man. There is a majesty, I say. You only need to access it by covenant. I pray once again, may the Lord update your majesty. May the Lord update the aura you carry. Because people can only treat you according to how they receive you and according to how they perceive you. Some people are rejected not because they are bad people, but because what they carry is rejectable. One time I was telling a, a friend of mine here, believe from today when I'm speaking to you in this vehicle, you cannot be rejected. Go back to that very place they are disturbing you and know in your head, in your heart, in your veins, you cannot be rejected. Thank God she's a good disciple. She said, yeah, I cannot be rejected. Then she went back. With the spirit of I cannot be rejected. 
It's like she took an immunity against rejection. I pray in the name of Jesus. May your majesty not be opposed. And whoever opposes it, may God who gave it meet him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we repeat our slogan again? When it is written, it is? Jesus. When it is given, it is? Jesus. When it is decided, it is? Jesus. This is the part that I love. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. The man is talking about the spiritual realm and the natural realm. But in positive sense, knowing that whatever is going on in the spiritual realm, it is because it is of my God. So nothing can go wrong in the spiritual realm. Whatever is going on in the earth realm, nothing can go wrong because it is still in the domain of my God. Why are people living in fear? Because they are yet to know that even in the spiritual realm, no matter the demons trying to fight there, they cannot cross the lines God has not permitted them to cross. There are demons trying to throw madness at some of you. There are demons trying to throw insanity at some of you. There are demons trying to throw poverty at some of you. Yet you need to have this faith that they cannot cross the line God has ordained for them to cross. They are demons trying to throw infertility. They are trying to throw miscarriage. They are trying to throw every kind of, of sabotage. But remember, they cannot cross the line God has not ordained for them to cross. When you go to sleep at night, remember, in the heavens, the heavens belong to, to the Lord. Even the earth with the thieves walking in the streets, the, the, the earth belongs to the Lord. Then you sleep in the peace of the Lord, not of your padlock. I went, Pastor, I went somewhere to sleep one time. And the owner woke up in the night screaming, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What? I forgot to close the door. Oh my God, how can I be stupid? I forgot to close the door. And that's the owner. So all this time you are safe because you have closed the door. <laughs> oh God. It's like Christians who say, by stripes of ill. But I forgot to take my tablets. <laughs> Let's get a bit deeper on this heaven and that thing as I prepare to finish. The heaven is where the name of David was written. The heaven is where the star of David was kept. The heaven is where the legacy of David was preserved. There was no museum in Israel with the mural or the sculpture of David. There was no museum in Israel with the title deed to the city of David. Everything that held the future of David was preserved in the heaven. And that is why Jesus said, store treasures in heaven. Because that is where the moth and the rust cannot reach. Are you hearing me? There is a name you will carry, not because you are quoted in newspapers when you are alive. There is a name you will carry because the heavens wrote your name and he preserved your name. There is a majesty like you have explained that you will carry because the heavens wrote and preserved your majesty. And people of God, it is time to go back to the days when we were heavenly minded. When we were heavenly conscious. When we touched heaven more than we touched earth. 
When we are concerned about heaven more than we are concerned about the earth. Now, let me talk briefly again. I've touched about the star of David. Because a few years later, no, many years later, a son of David is born in the same city. And the parents are broke. The parents are not even married yet. The parents are almost running for their lives because all children born like this one must be killed. Do you know what saved this child? There was a star. This star pulled resources to the manger. I repeat, in future, the son of David will be born and there will be so much to turmoil because there is no resources, there is no hope even to salvage this child. And a star will guide rich men from distant lands to bring resources. Resources that were arguably used to take this man to Egypt and hide him in Egypt. One of the reasons, and I was preaching somewhere, I was telling the young people, one of the reasons many find it hard to break even is because they have not walked in the light of God, which alone is able to amplify their star. Because what pulls resources to you is your star. What pulls men, what pulls women, what pulls foreigners to a man? Is the star, not his voice. The Bible says now in Isaiah, my servant will not cause his voice to be heard in the streets, meaning he will not do self-advertising. But there will be a star. And today I pray in the name of Jesus, may there be a star over your business to pull what needs to be pulled. May there be a star, even in your career, to pull what needs to be pulled. May there be a star, even in your calling and in your ministry, to pull what needs to be pulled in the name of Jesus. So David says, the heavens belong to the Lord because he is like the caretaker of every storehouse in the heaven. Did pastor not read in the morning that I will open the heavens, I will open the, the storehouses, and I will pour blessing. Meaning these blessings are stored somewhere. And you need to believe someone has the key, someone has the padlock, someone has the, the entrance to it. This man is Jesus. He says, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. Meaning, if I open, I have opened. If I have closed, I have closed. David is still shining. Not because a museum did a painting like the pharaohs pastor saw and went to Egypt. <laughs> David is still, you know, he's still shaking history. Not because there is a sculpture that was made of him. No. In the heavens, his posterity was preserved. Every time you are serving God in private, there is a posterity that is speaking in the heavens that will overtake you. Anytime you touch God in private, you are laying up a posterity. And I pray in the name of Jesus, may the Lord return you to a posterity that will last. May the Lord return you to a labor that will last. May the Lord return you to the endeavors that will last. May the Lord return you to the, to the honor that will last. May the Lord return you to a diligence that will last. Verse 12, if both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thy hand, this is the part I also love so much, in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. There is a strength people are given to bulldoze through life. There is a strength people are given to bulldoze through issues. There is a strength people are given to bulldoze through opposition. This strength belongs to the Lord. 
I have stood before so much opposition in the past, even when I was growing up. And I knew this is not about my personality. This is not about my grandmother. This is not about my character. This is about the Lord deciding I will give strength to whom I will give strength. And I pray today in the name of Jesus, may you begin to have strength in the areas of your weakness. But it is a strength that has been given from heaven, not from your training, not from your personality. May the Lord begin to clothe you with strength. May the Lord begin to clothe you with the strength that is supernatural. Even in your dreams when you are dreaming, the giants that used to chase you, begin to chase them from today in the name of Jesus. People of God, I know there is so much that is going on in our society. There is so much that is going on in our lives. But it is not time to fear. It is time to prove the God we have believed in. It is time to prove him. So God has a hand. And this hand has been proven that it can make great. This hand has been proven that it can make strong. This hand has been proven that it can make rich. Lay your hands on your chest briefly. Say with me, Jesus. The wealth you want for me. Say again, Jesus. The wealth you want for me. Give it to me. The one you don't want for me. Don't give it to me. The strength you want for me. Give it to me. I pray for your children right now. I pray for your spouses. The strength they don't have, may the Lord give it to them. The strength they were not born with, may the Lord give it to them. The strength they were never meant to have, may the Lord give it to them. The mental strength they need, may the Lord give it to them. The strength of character they need, may the Lord give it to them. The strength of personality they need, may the Lord give it to them. The strength in their health they need, may the Lord give it to them. Because when the Lord gives, he cannot re, re, it cannot be taken away. I pray for a permanent giving of strength and honor in your life and in your children. And as I'm praying this prayer, I hope some of you, your perspective is changing. Your attitude is changing. To realize that when the Lord gives strength, men become strong. When the Lord gives the honor, men become honorable. When the Lord gives the greatness, men become great. May your greatness be a given greatness. May your strength be a given, a given strength. May your victory be a given victory. May your future be a given future. In the name of Jesus. Now we can read, as I wrap it up, Psalms 89, to show us now what David says. God has already said it, David is now saying it. Psalms 89 is a covenant scripture from verse 20. Psalms 89 from verses 20. The Bible says, I have found David my servant with my holy oil, have I anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of the wicked, wicked, wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foe before his face and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name shall his own be exalted. I will set his hands also in the sea, 
and his right hand in the rivers. He shall cry unto me, Thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of the heaven. Maybe one day when we have time, we'll look at the Davidic covenant. Because what I've read is the Davidic covenant. Abraham had a covenant in Genesis chapter 12. David had his own special covenant in Psalms 89. But allow me to summarize it this way. And this is relevant for especially businessmen and those called to travel around the world. Listen to me. David is told, I, in verse in verse 25, I will set his hand also in the sea, okay, and his right hand in the rivers. God is saying in short, uh, you know, the sea is something that goes beyond one nation. The sea was also the key means of transport from one nation to another. So God is telling David, I will make sure that all the nations, your hand is there, your hand is there. Listen to me, businessmen, writers, authors, all you who are called to reach beyond the borders of your nation. There is a covenant, and this covenant goes like this. Your hand shall be set over the seas. I can be preaching here in D.C., and somebody will pick this message and take it to Honduras or Brazil. Already, my voice and the work of my hands has reached the sea. I can give a song like a musician and record it maybe on River Road or Jogorod, and it will be packaged in music and it will be put on the airwaves and it will cross the sea and go to another nation. The covenant of David will have come to pass. And this is where I want to tie it up that may we go beyond local territories. May we go beyond local territories. May we go beyond local challenges. It is time to cross the seas. It is time to cross the seas. Whether we are crossing by internet, let us cross it. Whether we are crossing by plane, let us cross it. Whether we are crossing by ship, let us cross it. In the name of Jesus. The generation of David is the generation that will cross the sea. You know, Pastor, they come. I have a small business. And out of my small business, I have brought this small offering. You need to begin rebuking them. Tell them the covenant of David says, your hand shall be over the sea. Go get it done. Amen. Are we ready to take the seas? Let's be on our feet.